Hello, I'm Mark Sweeney, and in this episode of I'm the Gun, well, I'm still on an aviator kick, so to follow up on last episode's look at Eclipse Comics' Aviatrix Valkyrie, this time out I wanted to take a look back, way back, at the first appearance of a DC Comics bombshellies, The Birds of Prey's Lady Blackhawk. LB, whose given name is Zinda Blake, debuted in issue number 133 of Blackhawk, which had a cover date of February 1959. This is a couple years after DC had taken over the publishing of this team of international, independent, special ops aviators from quality comics. After World War II, which I'd consider, along with just about everybody else, to be the prime era for Blackhawk action, Teams seem to kind of listlessly battle all manner of superpowered bad guys and evil possessors of fantastic technology and even just a bunch of colorful personalities just generally up to no good. And it's into one of these adventures that we're introduced to Zinda Blake. Now it may be hard to imagine Zinda being anything other than the tough confident and competent pilot from the Birds of Prey comics, written chiefly by Gail Simone and Tony Bedard, but Zinda's debut adventure uh, is not what I'd call auspicious. The story, The Lady Blackhawk, was the cover feature of Blackhawk number 133, but it was relegated to the back of the book, the third of three Blackhawk adventures in this comic, which is just packed full of features. I guess that's just the way comics publishers did things back then. There are two humor strips, two historical strips, a text story, and a very special house ad pushing the first issue of the Silver Age Flash revival. It's advertising issue number 105 of The Flash, Barry Allen's debut self-titled issue. My credit info for the Lady Blackhawk story is a little spotty. I honestly have no idea who wrote any of these stories, but I'm pretty sure at least that, that the story I'm going to cover here was illustrated by Dick Dillon and Chuck Quidera. So the way comic stories opened back then, it was always a, a great spoiler. A splash page, which kind of shows you what's to occur in the story. In this case, you've got Basically a couple of safari-type roughs holding hostage a woman in a Blackhawk uniform. Though that uniform is set apart by the blue tights and pleated skirt. This is while a couple of other goons cut loose a net that's about to ensnare the entire Blackhawk squad from above. The lead bad guy, with his hand over Lady Blackhawk's mouth, exclaims, Ha ha, the Blackhawks ran right into our net snare. While Zinda thinks, yes, all because of me. This sort of sets the stage for what's to come. The story proper opens with the news on the front page of every newspaper the world over. Olaf, one of the famed Blackhawk fighter aces, has gone missing in Africa. So cue the whole squad, Blackhawk himself, Chop Chop, Andre, Hendrickson, Stanislaus and Chuck, though these two don't have much to do in this adventure, they all make their way across the dark continent in the Safari-mobile, which is really just a fancy name for a tank. 
Blackhawks, I think, are trying a little too hard here for a kind of branding as Safari Mobile is printed right on the, the side of this thing, but it's basically a tank. A red tank with Safari Mobile printed on the side. <laughs> with a total disregard or ignorance of sovereignty or borders or politics of any kind, Safari Mobile sidles up to a man who we're told is, quote-unquote, the local mayor, who uh, Blackhawk tells about their missing comrade. Apparently, Olaf had been on a secret mission to track down a criminal who has been holding up safaris, robbing them, like some kind of pirate of the savannah. The mayor knows exactly who Blackhawk's talking about, calling the bandit the scavenger. How many bad guys in comics history have been called the scavenger? And the mayor confirms that the scavenger is a bold and cunning robber. And bold is right. You've got to have some stones to wear the getup. We're shown that the scavenger wears when the mayor describes some of his latest exploits. He's stolen a fortune in ivory from the Scott expedition. And untold sums in diamonds from... The Sir Hamilton Wilkes Safari. And the scavenger does this all dressed in a purple safari outfit, helmet and all, trimmed in orange. Scavenger is by far the best dressed safari pirate out there. The mayor wants to cooperate with the Blackhawks and bring the scavenger to justice, so he orders the safari mobile loaded up with petrol and supplies. After traveling together for a few hours, a Blackhawk stopped to refill their water supply at a lake, uh, but some rumbling thunder in the distance causes a huge stampede of every frickin' animal in the jungle. A huge crowd of elephants, lions, zebras, giraffes, rhinos, all charged toward the group, cutting them off from the safari mobile, but suddenly the tank seems to move on its own blocking the herd of wild animals and actually turning the animals away from the team. Hendrickson speaks up, wrongly assuming it to be the missing Olaf who'd snuck into the safari mobile and taken the controls, but a whole group is surprised to see a woman in uniform pop out of the tank, introducing herself as Zinda, the first Lady Blackhawk. She tells the crew that she's trained in secret, for years learning every skill practiced by the Blackhawks, presumably including piloting aircraft, mastery of all kinds of different weaponry, and of course, and obviously operation of the Safari Mobile. She's kind of forward. Uh, she asks if they'll now accept her as a member of the team. Andre, the Frenchman, seems to like that idea. Oh, ho, ho. But uh, Blackhawk has to pump the brakes a little bit on this, quoting the team's bylaws, barring women from the team. Zinda protests, but uh, ends up grudgingly accepting this and saunters off alone into the jungle. And the Blackhawks are seemingly willing to just let her do this by herself. But uh, Zinda has other ideas. From some high outcropping of rocks nearby, she watches the safari mobile heading off into the wrong direction, and she climbs into her Black Hawk emblazoned Jeep, which, uh, gosh, she's got to be 
sinking a ton of coin into her attempt to join the Blackhawks. She claims that uh, she has a good idea where Olaf is, and once she's rescued him on her own, the Blackhawks will be forced to accept her. And off she drives, and I don't want to say anything about uh, women drivers, but the jeep ends up in some quicksand. So she proceeds on foot to a mountain cave where she observed some suspicious activity recently and assumed it to be the scavenger's doing. And she's right. She uses a mirror to peer into an obviously man-made opening in the cave, and she sees Olaf restrained. But Zinda, surprised by the sound of gunfire and a bullet, smashes through her mirror. We next cut to the Blackhawks, who hear the gunfire off in the distance, and now choose to correct their course, covering for their <laughs> complete lack of bearing, saying, uh, yeah, that, uh, that was one of the areas Olaf was supposed to be checking out, right? Yeah, let's go. Uh, I think they were lost. Anyway, the purple-garbed scavenger is now holding Zinda prisoner. Uh, as his men install a giant net in the trees to capture the approaching Blackhawks. Zinda tries to yell out a warning as the Blackhawks arrive, but it's too late. The net drops, and a triumphant scavenger admires his now full set of Blackhawk prisoners as the team and Zinda are reunited with Olaf in a zoo cage type cell. As Scavenger leaves his prisoners to plot their escape, Zinda whips out a possible solution, a hair comb made of tempered steel, which she hands over to Blackhawk, who begins filing the prison bars. The caption in the next panel says an hour later, but I don't know. I find that hard to believe. It's probably more like the next day. Uh, Blackhawks removed enough bars for the team to slink out of their cell. And as they do, Blackhawk, in a whisper, Berate Zinda, saying her foolhardiness in trying to rescue Olaf had gotten them all captured, so from now on she should follow orders. To which Zinda whispers that she agrees. But I don't know, this seems a little harsh. First of all, the Blackhawks would have been driving their little tank around Africa for weeks, possibly months, if they hadn't been alerted of the scavenger's location by the gunshot, which signaled Zinda's capture. And they'd be still languishing in that cell to this day if it hadn't been for her hair comb, so I think old Blackhawk is a little off base here. Plus, let's, uh, let's see how this little adventure ends. So Blackhawk's plan is to lead his group, um, as they crawl on their bellies, to circle around the station guards and disarm them. Just then, though, a mouse scurries across Zinda's path, and she lets out an eek, which I guess alerts the scavenger's men that the prisoners have escaped. Now, no doubt this is not Zinda's finest moment, but I can tell you that her reaction is positively courageous compared to what I'd do if I saw a rodent in that situation. In any situation, really, I would freak out. But Blackhawk improvises, and with his men... They grab the giant net that they had earlier been captured in and get ready to wrap up the scavenger's henchmen. But that dastardly dandy in purple has the drop on the hawks and 
He's about to fire his rifle at them when Zinda steps up with another nifty gadget. She takes off her boots, points the heels at Scavenger and his goons, and a secret gas is emitted which distracts them long enough to be wrapped up by the hawks. So with the bad guys locked away at the conclusion of this adventure, Zinda admits her reaction to the mouse has, uh, at this point in time, ruled her out as someone who's ready for prime time, maybe, but she vows to one day be Black Hawk material. The reaction she gets is a chop-chop scratch in his head. Andre exclaiming, of course, voila! And uh, Black Hawk himself groaning, oh no. And that's that. A uh, cute little story, certainly of its time. <laughs> Very simplistic, I think, in the generalization and uh, depiction of Africa, which was drawn by Dylan and Quidera, exactly as if the story had taken place in Florida or maybe California. And the team's attitude toward women not exactly PC. Not really a flattering debut for Zinda Blake. Uh, she comes across as meek and though resourceful, her confidence is as yet undeveloped. Not at all like the seasoned warrior she'd be portrayed as many, many years later. I don't think this story's ever been reprinted. I can't find any reference to it ever having been. I was lucky to come across my copy in a comic shop uh, at least ten years ago for five bucks, though that's in good, meaning bad, condition, uh, as you'll see from the cover that I'll scan of which I'll put up on imthegun.blogspot.com. So where did Lady Blackhawk turn up next? Well, she shared several adventures with the Blackhawks throughout the rest of their original DC run, popping up here and there, and at uh, one point turning bad. Uh, she was never made an official member of the team, though. Cinder was brought back for a killer Who's Who Update 87 entry illustrated by Brian Bolland. Uh, but despite that, she spent pretty much the entire 70s and 80s in limbo. Even during the Howard Chaikin, Mike Grell, Marty Pasco late 80s Blackhawk revival, uh, Zinda was absent. In fact, she was completely replaced by a different Lady Blackhawk. It wasn't until the mid-90s that we'd see Zinda again. She popped up in, of all places, Guy Gardner Warrior, while that title was being written by Bo Smith. Lady Blackhawk turned up during Guy's crossover with the Zero Hour event. Uh, is that event when time went all wonky and Heroes and characters from different eras and timelines were showing up in DC books line-wide. And the Zinda who met Guy and a handful of other heroes was the young woman who was at that time in her life, before she was plucked away. Uh, she was sharing adventures with the Blackhawks. By the time Zero Hour, that crisis had subsided, Zinda found herself stranded in the present. But she found a home with Guy and... The crew he was hanging with at the time, filling the role of the company pilot. And under Bo Smith's guidance, Zinda's personality underwent a subtle change. She was a little tougher, a little rougher around the edges, fitting right in with Gardner's band of adventurers, drinking hard and 
swapping stories with the Golden Age crime fighter Wildcat. And it's interesting, Bo Smith was on staff at Eclipse Comics during the mid-80s, right around the time that another fighter ace pilot found herself in a time not her own. So I wonder if Smith was influenced, either subconsciously or not, by uh, Chuck Dixon's revival of Valkyrie when Bo Smith brought Zinda into the 90s. And Lady Blackhawk really came into her own, though, I think, when Gail Simone added her to the roster of Birds of Prey, where she filled a role similar to the one that she had with Guy Gardner, the company pilot, but she was a little bit more of an integral part of the stories. Now, it's been a while since I've read these issues of Birds of Prey, but I think it was around this time, or maybe earlier during the Bo Smith Warrior days, but Zinda's association with the Blackhawks may have been subtly retconned to where she served with the team in an, in an official capacity, but and for a much longer time, maybe maybe even during World War II. But her newish, battle-tested personality, it's, it suits her, and it reveals an evolution of the character, from the green, meekish Zinda who petitioned to join the Blackhawks in her first appearance. Zinda's definitely one of many characters throughout comics history who never fully reached her potential until finding her way into the hands of the right creative team. So first Bo Smith, and then... Gail Simone, they were the they were the right writers to guide Lady Blackhawk's development into the kick-ass character that she's turned out to be. Alright, before I bug out, I just want to send out a special thank you to the Sutherlands, Darren and Ruth, who've continued to promote my little show. They've got a couple of great podcasts that are more than worth checking out. Trekker Talk, celebrating the comics work of Ron Randall and Warlord Worlds doing the same for Mike Grell. I appreciate the work they put in their shows and how they shine a light on corners of comics worlds that I really just don't know that much about. Every listen is informative and it's full of great insight, so please check those out at warlordworlds.com and trekkertalk.podbean.com. Okay, that will do it for me this time out, so until next we meet... Hawkeye!